0: Good morning everybody and thank you for joining me for our devotion again this morning. apologize for the bad sound quality. I've been fortunate enough to have upgraded my cellular device on which I do all my recordings and my um, microphone that I use and plug in is unable to do that because this new device does not have <laughs> a headphone jack. But uh, I do have a way around that so I will make a plan, God willing in the coming weeks very soon and it depends how quickly it take a lot can deliver what needs to be delivered anyways i've got another short verse today we all know this one we all love this one It's from john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life now there's so much to unpack in those short few words that i think we sometimes don't understand what it actually means so let's go through it. God so loved the world. Loved the world, not accepted the world. I've heard a lot of um of you know we in June and Pride Month and all the rest of that. And I've heard so many Christians claiming that John 3.16 is one of the verses to support uh our or what Christians should support homosexuality because of John 3.16. For God so loved the world, so we should love the world. Yes, but God didn't accept. The world. Now, to the Jewish believer, that was also revolutionary because it doesn't say God so loved Israel, which was one of the prominent thoughts in uh, the Jewish mind at the time. God loved the world, not just Israel. And furthermore, God did not wait for the world to love him. God took the initiative. God loved the world. Then we see in the next verse, he "I so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not only did he express his love, but he did something about it. He did something radical. He did something total. It wasn't a half-hearted action. He loved the world and he did something to demonstrate that love in that he came to earth and died for us. And that expression, his only begotten son to Nicodemus, who was talking to Jesus at this time with the Jewish thought and the Jewish mind, would have immediately thought about um, instances like Isaac and Abraham Abraham giving up Isaac, his only son, his only inheritance through whom the people of Israel would come, and he was going to give him up. So those kinds of images would have come through. And that needs to be understood. God did something total, he did something radical here. Yeah. He gave something to demonstrate that he loved the world. Uh, so the only begotten sons loved the world that it ever bleeds in him, that talks about the recipient. Whoever believes in him. Now, believes is more than just thinking, okay, I believe that Jesus died for me. It's a trust. There's a reliance. There's a love. There's a commitment to serve. Whoever believes in him, whoever believes that God has done this and accepts that God has done this and who God has done this through, through whom God has done this, rather, um, that's the recipient. There's a lot more than just believing. Believing means more than that. And the recipient those who do believe so you love the world he died for the world but the recipient the recipients are those who believe it's specific we need to believe we need to accept we need to trust in God we need to rely upon him because he's done this Uh, shall not perish but have eternal life so not perish that shows God's intention he didn't want the world to die he didn't want his creation to die because we are going to die we are bound for judgment Because of our sinful natures. But because Jesus died for us. Because of his sacrifice. Because our sin was imparted onto him. We are now. We now have access to God. Because Jesus has uh, atoned for us. He has become our righteousness. So when God looks at us. He doesn't see our sin. He sees the blood of his son. So the intention of God's loving the world. For sending his son. For dying for those who believe in Him is so that they might not perish, is so that they might not die, be separ- excuse me, be separated from Him, but that there might be a rekindling, a reignition of the relationship that was lost at the Fall. Shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, eternal life is more than just living forever. It has got to do in the con with the context of the verse speaking about God's eternal love God's eternal provision God's eternal blessings eternal fellowship with God we all know that in a sense we're going to have eternal life because when we die it's not the end of it we're either going somewhere nice or somewhere not nice and we're going to be there for all eternity so our souls don't cease to exist so when in John three sixteen, the eternal life there is talking about eternal life with God, in God, through God, experiencing His love, experiencing Him for all eternity. That's the benefit of this thing. So God loved the world. He took the initiative. God sent His Son, His only Son. He did something about it that was complete. So that whoever believes, the recipient, we need to accept this, we need to understand, we need to trust in Him, shall not perish. We're not going to die, God this was his intention to save us but have everlasting love where we can enjoy his love and his provision and his blessing and just right fellowship and relationship with him a communion with him forever and ever so there's so much goodness in this little verse john three sixteen. i hope i've been able to explain some stuff that maybe you did know maybe you didn't know but this is a wonderful one. We all know it. We all, probably one of the first verses we've ever learned. And there's so much goodness. There's so much gospel truth in there that when we start to unpack it, we can realize the extent of God's goodness, God's greatness, God's grace, his blessings to us, his love for us. It's unfathomable. We cannot understand it. And there's so many more things like that as well. We just need to dive into his word a bit more and extract that, understand the goodness that is in there, not just skim over it like we often do, but get into it, chew on the meat, and understand who he is and what he has done for us and how he loves us. And then we just need to respond. We need to love him too. We need to serve him. We need to say thank you. He has done marvellous things. He has saved us and he's looking after us every single, Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this wonderful word to us this morning. Thank you, Father God, for loving us, for dying for us, for saving us, for enabling us to experience your love and your goodness forever and ever. Thank you that you've made it simple for us. We don't have to put on fancy things or whatever. We just need to be repentant. We just need to be accepting of you. We need to receive your love. And Father, I pray that where maybe people who are watching today have been hesitant to do that, where we've still been uh, so determined to trust in our own abilities to save us. Please forgive us. Please help us to put off those sinful chains, those human worldly chains, and just receive your love. Just understand who you are and what you've done for us. And to believe in you, to trust in you, to rely upon you. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're never going to let us go. Pray that you help us to learn to love you more, to learn to trust you more, how you want us to love you, how you want us to trust you. Help us to be faithful children of God, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.